everybody. Welcome to Lunch Hour with Renault. Uh, as you may be able to see, today it is Lunch Hour without Renault, and uh, we'll do that from time to time, um, either just based on schedules or um, if we have some people that may um, really have some great insight uh, to speak into a particular subject. And today uh, we have Phil and Amy Taylor with us today. Uh, many of you know who Phil and Amy are, but if you don't, uh, Phil serves as our executive pastor here, uh, and so he really um, oversees a lot of the uh, the running of this uh, organization, which is awesome to have him uh, in that leadership role. And his wife, Amy, uh, she is an excellent uh, addition to our team as well because she steps in and does a lot of discipleship around here, um, a, a lot with our prayer team. Um, she does some systematic theology studies and all sorts of fun stuff, and so Amy is uh, a great resource for us uh, here at Mosaic as well. And so today, we're going to continue our conversation on spiritual disciplines, and this week, we're going to be dealing with specifically the subject of silence and solitude. And if you can imagine, perhaps of all of the subjects we could address, uh, our lead pastor may not be the most uh, equipped to address the subject of silence uh, and solitude, although I'm sure he practices that from time to time. In his own way. Yeah. In his own way. That's, that's a great point. <laughs> In his own way. Uh, we love Renaud. And actually, he and his wife, Brooke, are on vacation right now, so hope that uh, they have a great time. Uh, of refreshment together and getting a little solitude for themselves, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, so Phil and Amy, thank you so much for uh, taking your time to be with us today. Um, as we jump into continuing this conversation on spiritual disciplines, I do want to encourage you guys, uh, if you have any questions um, or uh, maybe something that we say sparks a thought, please, please share uh, in the comment section. We would love to have some interaction um, uh, in this conversation. It'll be really, really great. So if you have questions, uh, we'll do our best to stop and address those as we have our conversation together. Uh, but as we jump in today, uh, I'm super excited to have this conversation with you guys. Um, can you define for us um, what is the discipline of silence and solitude? Talk, talk to me about that just a little bit. Well, you know, our, our culture is just it's just so noisy and it's there's just so much going on around us that um there's there's very little in our culture that drives us into silence and solitude in fact our culture really drives us into accomplishing and production and doing and silence and solitude are really hard to like put on a checklist and check off because you don't really it can feel like you didn't necessarily accomplish something and so yeah um it's in many ways it's it's the removal of that busyness, hmm. stepping away from that busyness, that craziness, the noise of um, Netflix and radio and social media, and, podcasts. Yeah. Just stepping away from all of that. I think Netflix is the is the enemy of our silence, and Instagram and Facebook are in many ways the enemy of our solitude. While we're on Facebook, even though we're on Facebook right, right yes. now, yeah. Um, right. But I think really solitude is is getting away. It's, it's pulling away. It's getting away from people. It's getting away from the noise of life. And silence is really about um, learning to be alone with yourself and learning to be alone with God and really listening to what comes out in the silence because all of the noise pushes everything that all of our emotions and all the things that we really need to be dealing with down. And so silence allows that stuff to come up, and then we can really have our conversation with God and, and open ourselves to God and hear what he has to say to us. So I love the idea of uh, being alone with God. Being alone with myself is what terrifies me a little bit. <laughs> That's probably uh, what terrifies most people, Joel. <laughs> yeah. I think we yeah. like our business for that reason, because yeah. it, it allows us to kind of distract ourselves from ourselves. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that, but I just want to say hello to a few people. Uh, Stacy Moore is with us. Stacy, oh, cool. we miss Hi, you. Stacey. We love you. Hope Nora is doing well as well. Um, Allison Bradley's with us. John and April Gill, hello. Uh, we got Yara with us. Lisa LaFette, oh my gosh. So uh, we just had a new baby. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, just a little shout out to Lisa. She may not appreciate this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, we, you know, we had people provide meals. You guys dropped off a, a gift card for us, which I really appreciate as well. And, uh, and Lisa texted me. She said, hey, our missional community would love to do something for you guys. 
uh, with your new baby. That's Could great. we come over and clean your house? Nice. Like, oh nice. my gosh, that's score. So, yes, Lisa, love you. Appreciate <laughs> you and the ladies that came over and gentlemen that came over. So it was really awesome. But uh, oh, my wife Lauren uh, has jumped on. Hello, um, and we've got Josh Taylor and uh, Felicia. How you doing, Felicia? Um, so we've got we've got a crew with us today, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. So we're talking about silence and solitude, one of the spiritual disciplines that I have very, very little uh, experience with. Um, and uh, so we asked Phil and Amy to come and, and share a little bit um, about silence and, and solitude. So, you know, when we think about spiritual disciplines, a lot of times, um, you know, the disciplines of the faith, um, we draw from church history and the practice of you know, saints that have gone before us. Um, but there's also, you know, scriptural basis that we kind of want to come to when it comes to how we practice our faith and the disciplines of the faith. So where do we see silence? Where do we see solitude? Where do we see these things showing up uh, in God's word? I can think of a few spaces, but I'd love to hear from you guys on that. Yeah. Well, we always see Jesus, you know, slipping away in the night usually, to be Cutting by away. himself, yeah. he, it always says he goes to a desolate, pla- desolate place, mm-hmm. you know, a lonely place. Um, so we see him doing that to be with his father. And a lot of times, it feels like he he steps away at like what feels to us like the worst possible time. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, really now, you want to go get some silence and solitude? Like like you'd see, you know, ministry is happening. Yeah. it's yes. amazing. Yeah. Um, he's like, you know, he's I'm, healing I'm people, <laughs> or he's just finished teaching this amazing yeah. sermon people are getting it yeah. and then and then all of a sudden he cuts out he cuts and i think out. that that's a really important lesson to see that like sometimes it's at like what feels like the worst possible time that we need to retreat and and get whether it's 20 minutes 2 hours whatever it is and get some time to do that so but also we see it in the psalms mm-hmm. uh, a lot um, psalm 62 1 says for god alone my soul waits in silence hmm. from him comes my salvation and just mm-hmm. that that soul waiting in silence is a really important phrase to think about when you think about silence and solitude. Hmm. Uh, it's that waiting concept. Um, Psalm 46 says, uh, be still and know that I am God. And oftentimes, because we're so busy, um, we don't have any stillness in our life. And so we don't have the ability to really just contemplate on the fact that, that we do know that, that God is with us and, and is present in our lives. So the stillness, the silence, it really... It reorients our hearts and our minds in the right direction. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when when I look at God's Word as a whole, you know, whether it's in the life of Jesus, whether it's in the life of David or, um, you know, the New Testament um, writers, I mean, you do, you do constantly see that um, over and over and over again, God speaks to us when we take the time to listen. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, I mean, seriously, I, you know, I long to hear God's voice, but I recognize so often I'm not putting myself in a position uh, to hear God's voice, you know, because God doesn't, he, he's not going to force himself on us in that way that, that he, he desires communication and communion with us. Mm-hmm. And so often I'm, I'm just uh, in my own world, doing my own thing, receiving information, input and communication from so many places mm-hmm. Um, whether that be personal relationships, but more so with me, it's often the radio. Mm -hmm. It's often the phone. It's Mm -hmm. often Netflix or Hulu. Mm -hmm. It's often those things that I'm, I'm receiving input from Mm -hmm. constantly, constantly checking my email. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can mask those things a lot of times in good intentions. You know, I want to be a good employer. I want to be, you know, uh, I want to be responsive to people or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. But, I have to admit and be honest that, you know, silence and solitude, it's a struggle for me. Um, and I, I, I would imagine I would hear God's voice quite a bit more if I were to, you know, implement this into my life. So mm-hmm. it's good. Uh, a couple more people are with us. Uh, Obi Diaz specifically says, hello, Phil. Obi. Uh, we got Lynn Mon with us. Kim Marcom from Virginia. Corey Poston. Uh, Corey and his wife, Natalie, have a new baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so they're excited. Yeah, a little boy. And uh, Meredith Rosser. Hi, Meredith. Um, so we are talking about silence and solitude. Um, we've been talking about, you know, what it is and, you know, the, the reality that, that all throughout God's word, you know, we see this. I mean, you think of really think of like all the major monumental moments, um, you know, in, in throughout the scripture 
um, you know, Moses in the burning bush, you know, he's, he's alone and he's, he's, you know, there God shows up, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, whatever, whatever it may be that throughout the scripture, there's all of these, you know, monumental spaces that God will intervene, but you gotta be, you gotta be receptive to that. And so silence and solitude can help place us in that space. So, mm-hmm. um, so if, you know, in, in my brain, as I'm thinking about the average life of a person in, you know, central Florida, in the United States, you know, we live in a, in a society that probably doesn't lend to this in a lot of ways. And I think when I think of silence and solitude, I think of like being a monk, you know, out in, uh, in the middle of nowhere. But like, um, you know, do you, is, is this something that you can do if you're not a monk in a monastery or if you're not, you know, uh, in pastoral ministry where you can take those space. Like if, if you're working a nine to five at a bank or right. if you're yeah. maybe a, a stay at home mom, or, um, you maybe you're homeschooling your children or you're running them to their activities all day, every day, or, um, you know, maybe you work, uh, in a high, high paced, you know, uh, uh, job. Um, what does it look like for people, the average person, the everyday, uh, Life. How do how do how do you implement this if you're not a monk in a monastery? You know. So I like to I like to talk about the different rhythms of a, the average year. <clears throat> so I think about um, you've got kind of weekly rhythms, you've got um, quarterly-ish rhythms, and then you've got yearly rhythms. So hmm. when you think about weekly rhythms, it's finding like the little moments, the little little solitudes uh, throughout your week, and that can be uh, things as simple as like just making yourself wake up a little bit earlier. I know in our home, like the house is quiet. Uh, if, if I tend to wake up earlier than most, I'm, I'm not necessarily a overt morning person, but I do just wake up before everybody. Uh, and so I'll, I'll get up and, you know, rather than pulling out the phone and looking at Instagram or, or whatever, or checking out some articles that look interesting to read, you know, I'll force myself to just get up, make coffee, head out to the, the back deck and just enjoy some silence and solitude in, in kind of nature. My neighborhood's pretty quiet, and, um, and so I'm able to kind of just grab a little bit of time there uh, in scripture and, and in silence and prayer, um, and that's, that's just kind of an easy space to find. Um, I, think, I think one key with that that you just shared, like it's the first thing you do. Mm-hmm. Right. I think one of the difficulties with silence especially or, or soli- like getting alone with God is it's so hard to squeeze into your day mm-hmm. if you're just trying to find a spot to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. But, it, but putting it first, I think yep. is, that's a really big key. It's yep. not always good though. Like I am mm-hmm. not a morning person and my brain doesn't turn on until after, after like maybe two hours into yeah. my day. And so, so how do you find time to yeah, like do so that? So it's different. And I homeschool my children. So, you know, I'm kind of get started with my day and all that kind of stuff, but I try to wake up with my heart open to God. And so I have a few minutes of prayer of just saying, Lord, I, I want to commit this day to you. I want to be with you today. I want to, I want to hear your voice throughout the day, all that kind of stuff. That kind of just gives me that open space in the morning. And then really in the afternoon is when I'm more alert and my kids are kind of occupied with school that I can take some time away and really just spend time in the word and retreat that way. And it's a, it's a space in your day where you kind of know, yeah, but I bet you, if within that space of your day, if you quickly find that retreat, it's a lot easier versus if you yeah. maybe put a few other things in there, yes. some chores yes, or yes. some whatever. Yeah, and oftentimes I, I ignore my housework to do this because I know it's more important yeah. Yeah. for me to spend this time than it is to vacuum, although vacuuming is important. But I'll find another you know 15-minute space that I can do that yep. that allows me to have this larger open window for me so i think the key is is finding spaces in the rhythm of your life that that already exists so like Mm -hmm. like i love to run um and so for me getting up and going running so you know usually i'm either getting up and going running or i'm getting up and going out to the back deck with a cup of coffee in my bible um but if i'm getting up and running like i choose places that are out in nature so i live in claremont we're by the for runners you'll know about the clay trail in Claremont, uh, it's this great space that kind of just red clay through the, the hills of Claremont, and you get out there, and unless it's Saturday morning when all the triathletes and everybody are out there, it's pretty quiet. And so yeah. it's usually just me and this one other old dude who's out there running. 
and <laughs> it's great. It just you know it'll give me a, a solid thirty five minutes to an hour of of solitude. I'm in the nature. You know, I'm, if I get up get out there early enough, I'm <clears throat> catching the sunrise coming through the mist over the hills, and it's just it's beautiful, and it's kind of like instant instant so- silence and solitude when I get out there. But even then, the trick is to say, all right, I'm like I'm not going to listen to a podcast this mm-hmm. morning while I'm running, or I'm not going to listen to you know, music that, your that normal playlist. sets yeah. a, a certain beat to your cadence of running mm-hmm. and, and making those choices. And a lot of times that also happens in places like your, your commute, if you're driving to work, um, choosing not to accomplish something mm-hmm. with that drive. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's, let me squeeze in a, a couple of quick work phone calls or... Or to get around this person on the road that <clears> I feel <throat> is driving too slow and right, that's right. your focus. I would never <laughs> do that. That but, never happens. Uh, it might make you a better driver. <laughs> and uh, Especially with those mosaic stickers on our cars, that wouldn't be a bad <laughs> exactly. idea for any of us, right? But finding those little spaces like in the midst of, of your day, you know, if, you, if your lunch hour is free, if you're not someone who has to do work meetings during lunch... You know, finding like a tiny little park near your office where instead of sitting at your desk in, a, in an office complex, like grab your lunch and, and just sit in a park or sit in your car at a park mm-hmm. and, and have 30 minutes. A lot of times I'm in lunch meetings every day and so I don't have that opportunity, but like yesterday my lunch meeting got canceled and so I grabbed a sub and went to the Killarney Park right down the road and just sat there for, you know, 30 minutes and was able to just have a little bit of silence that was unexpected but grabbed it, you know. That's um, where you were. I was looking everywhere. See, there you go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know, I do think that we, a lot of times, especially in a work environment, we avoid doing those sorts of things because we feel this need to be constantly accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, like we are somehow failing people if right. our phone goes straight to voicemail mm-hmm. or if we don't respond to a text or an email quickly mm-hmm. or if we're not around the office and yeah. able to... You know, and, and I think that we do ourselves a huge disservice because we're always so accessible. Right. That, to me, is it, that's the number one problem that I have. When I set aside time to connect with God, mm-hmm. I leave myself often open to, you know, communication. you got to put airplane and mode in on your yeah, phone. Yeah, I or need to Or put the moon that. on your phone. I've taught the a lot do not of, disturb. Yeah, I've t- told a lot of ladies about that. I'm like, put the moon on your phone, <laughs> and then you can still use it if you need to use it for your Bible or whatever, but you're not interrupted in the middle you of it. you got to be right. careful to make sure to turn that off when you're done, though. I, I have a friend that had the moon on his phone for two months, and he had no idea. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But, you know, so there's the weekly rhythm, and then there's the kind of the quarterly rhythm of a few times a year. And so if you're looking for, like, moments throughout the week where you're just grabbing a little bit of time, 15 minutes here, 30 minutes there, an hour there, where you're, you're finding spaces regularly to do that. But then looking at the kind of the rhythm of your year and saying, is there two, three, even four times a year um, where you could find a half a day or even a full day where you can really get away for some solitude? Um, and, and I know that that's hard to pull off, but sure. like for, especially if you've got kids at home, young ones, yes. for parents, I would really encourage you to like sit down together and pick a day and say, okay, you get the morning, I get the afternoon, hmm. you know, like we're going to trade each other off here mm-hmm. and you get to go away for four hours and then I'll go away for four hours. And like, like it's, while it may feel like it's just relaxation time, there's actually a much Mm-hmm. different goal there it's not you know go shopping because that's would make you feel relaxed the goal is not relaxation mm-hmm. the goal is is pressing into Actually god in a different way well yeah. and and sometimes we enter into false rest like that you know thinking that watching tv is going to actually provide yeah. rest for us Netflix but, it, binge, but yeah. it doesn't it, it, we have to actually find our rest in god and so doing that work and continually regularly is what is going to teach us how to find that rest at first it's very hard but we have to we have to really press in and practice yeah. it. It's not, it's a muscle it that we have to tone. It is a spiritual discipline, yeah. Yes. right? Yeah, like we have to practice it and, and realize too that God has a lot of grace in that for us. Like if we were like oftentimes during my quiet time, I fall asleep because I'm exhausted. Right. Well, I, I don't feel like God is then has a frowny face over me saying, Amy, you screwed this up. You know, like right. it's just That's really big. It's yeah. just this, you know, it, it's more like a father looking at his, you know, child that fell asleep in his lap, you know, mm-hmm. like. Hmm. I see that you're tired and, you know, right. and he's yep. enjoying just resting with you. Yep. So mm-hmm. there's good. space for, you know, c- 
have little happy accidents like that. Right, right. That's <laughs> awesome. So um, before we jump into this next thought, I, uh, uh, I, I love that we actually are are now officially lunch hour with Renault because he has joined <laughs> us. He joined in from oh, Hello awesome. Renault. Hi Renault. And, uh, <laughs> and he says that he's enjoying some silence and solitude in awesome. Belize. Very good. Awesome. Which I don't know if I Belize you, but. <laughs> oh, Joel. <laughs> Joel loves his You're puns. welcome for that. So, so, yeah, so, you know, when, when it comes to, um, you know, silence and solitude and, and failing at that, um, I mean, I love because that that like entering into this spiritual discipline, I know the moment I set it's like jumping in a pool when, you know, not, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know how to swim. Yeah. Right. Like, I know I'm going to flail around a bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, talk talk about that, like the maybe some of the struggles that you've had and how you've worked and push through those. Mm-hmm. Before we do that, I sure. would like to just yeah. finish that rhythm out of yeah, yeah. weekly, quarterly, and then yearly. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's it's important to see kind of the picture of the Absolutely. year. Um, so you've got those little spaces on a weekly basis. You've got some of those finding a half day or even a day once every three or four months and planning that out ahead of time, making sure you've got it on the calendar, setting it aside. But then yearly, and I know this is going to be harder to pull off, but I promise you, if you make it a priority, it will be an incredible thing and it will probably save you time in the long run because of the way your, your brain works but finding you know one or two nights away um, where you actually are are going off by yourself maybe you've got a friend who has a you know a vacation home that they're letting you use or whatever uh, maybe you're just you know grabbing a, a, a tent and going to a, a campsite somewhere whatever it might be pulling away and getting getting just 24 to 48 hours um, where you can really spend an extended amount of time in solitude. And I think it's super important when we're at like hinge points in our life. Maybe we're thinking through, you know, a career change or we're mm-hmm. thinking through, you know, uh, starting a family or we're, you know, seeking God for a really, really big decision. Um, it's super helpful at those times. But even when you don't have that, preemptively striking and, and plugging that in each year, it gives, you, it gives you time to hear from God in a different way. Um, and again, I'm going to speak to the families here because I know that it's hard to pull off, but husbands and wives, you have to give each other permission to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would even say, like, like bless each other with that. So I, I, this is not an attempt to toot my own horn, but, <laughs> but for Christmas, I gave Amy an empty box, literally just a big empty box under, under the tree, and she opened it up, and she's like, it's uh, empty. I'm okay. like, I gave you nothing. That's what I gave you for Christmas. But what I gave her was just a couple I, of nights. I'm not sure where the tooting of the horn is coming in here yet. <laughs> right, I know, right? <laughs> but I, I had just planned a couple nights away for her um, uh, at a, a friend's place uh, where they weren't going to be there. And so she was going to have the place to herself and, and you know, booked a, mas- booked a massage for her one day. And she was able to just get away for like, I don't know, 48, 72 hours mm-hmm. and, you know, walk on the beach quietly and, and um, have some time to really, you know, ask God some different questions that are, are harder to do in an hour or even four hours. Um, and, and doing that, giving each other the freedom to do that hmm. um, is really, really important because mm-hmm. it can feel like, hey, you're leaving me home and now I got to deal with the kids and I got to deal with whatever else is going on and you're off having your quiet time, you know, <laughs> and it's just important to give each other that space. It's mm-hmm. really so. good. And I like the, you know, the, the daily, weekly, monthly or quarterly rather and then the, the right, yearly right. Mm-hmm. because I, it, it, it's like you know who who can do um you know retreats all the time well no, you, you can't, can't do them all the time but but once a year you can plug that in well you and, know? and i would even say like if you're as you're planning a vacation you know um look at your vacation and say okay is there a piece of this vacation that can become you know a day or two of solitude a few years ago amy and i did um as we were really thinking through a major transition in our life of um, leaving New York and, and, and going somewhere else, which ended up being you know here at Mosaic, um, we, had, we had actually gotten a, a free uh, condo on Anna Maria Island. And we went there for the week and we did what we called the joint solo retreat. And so we had, you know, each day we were apart from each other from morning until, you know, five or six o'clock. And then we'd get together for dinner in the evening. and. But each day was, was a silent retreat, and yet we were together. And that's a way of kind of saying, hey, we're going to have a, a vacation, but we're also going to give each other the space to have silence and solitude. That worked really, really well, and yeah. we would have mm-hmm. taken a vacation anyway. So I love how, like, 
uh, legalistic. That isn't right. Where you're saying, "Hey, it's okay to be joint and solid. solitude yeah. at yeah. the same time." Like yeah. that, that we can practice solitude but be together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, every couple's different. Some couples, maybe that would be like a disastrous idea. But <laughs> um, you know, that, that's awesome that that works for you. And it's just thinking outside the box and saying, yeah. "What are ways that we can accomplish? What works for you? Yeah, what yeah. works yeah. for me?" Because I just feel like this is a, a, an area of like even mental health that, mm-hmm. um, you know, you see the studies that are con- constantly coming out about, um, you know, uh, internet or social media addiction um, and mental health. And the, the reality is, is that we, we need that reset button mm-hmm. to just be able to almost like rinse our yeah. souls and our minds yep. mm-hmm. from the constant uh, bombarding of, Mm-hmm. News feeds and um, you know Instagram stories. Heck, they and even have TVs on the gas pumps now. It's ridiculous. Right, like you can't even pump your gas without Quiet. consuming yeah. media yeah. Right. of some kind. Yeah. And I think that's probably, I mean, the greatest. I mean, you you mentioned it this earlier. Like media as a whole mm-hmm. has to be the greatest enemy of silence mm-hmm. uh, in our in our culture and. Um, so we had a really good question, Leslie, as he's asked, um, is sitting in silence the same as prayer? Um, that's the, the heart of her question. Is sitting in silence the same as prayer? And if I'm not praying in a silent environment, should I try to harness my thoughts or let them come as they come? Mm-hmm. So just kind of what do you do with your brain in that space? Um, yeah. I'll add to that. Mm-hmm. When I enter into spaces of silence and solitude, usually my brain is running through my to-do list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I am I'm in idea mode. Yeah. yeah. So it, the moment I get, you know, 35, 35, 40 seconds in, an idea pops in my head, and now mm-hmm. I want to break away from that and go do something about it. I want to write it down on that my wonder list. That happens to me, too, all so the time. What, yeah. It happens to everyone. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Like, but I, so I have a little trick that I use for that. I, I keep my... Uh, I'm a big uh, fan of the app Wonderlist. Me, too. I, I keep my Wonderlist app open, um, or at least nearby, and what I find is that when something comes to me, like an idea, rather than sitting and thinking about that idea, I quickly go to Wonderlist. I type in think about and then insert and it's just like a little thing to jog my memory and I find for me that if I've reminded myself like okay I can think about that later now I can actually move on Mm -hmm. so that helps you focus your thoughts like I just I take the three seconds to write it down and then I can move on Mm -hmm. so so well I would say the difference between prayer and silence I would say that they're the same but different because it's a different form of prayer. So it's not the list of going through um, my mom needs this, my dad needs this. Which would be like supplications. Yes. It's more of an opening ourselves to God and opening ourselves to ourself to be in a listening posture. Now, sometimes we can do that with a journal in hand and write things out, and that might help us focus more or sometimes we're we don't have that option and so we're just sitting and you then you're talking about all this thoughts coming to us well oftentimes what i do is like just i i I picture i have a mental picture in my head of entering into silence and solitude so right now the picture that i'm working with is sitting with jesus on a rock in a desolate place in the dark and so i have that mental picture and i just constantly come back to that picture and I, you know, if something is really like tugging at me, then I, I might say, oh, God, is this something, Jesus, is this something I need to address? Hmm. Or I might say, or if it's not, it just is, you know, a random ridiculous thought or something, then I'll just give it into his care. And so, 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 so stop there yeah. because that's really key. In fact, Obi Diaz just asked, how do I know it's not my own imagination answering my question compared to the Holy Spirit nudging me? So mm-hmm. like, how do you begin to make make those distinctions? Well, and I think that's what the practice helps us learn. It helps us learn the voice of God. And so, um, and, and all of the spiritual disciplines really help us learn the voice of God. I think right. it's one of the best ways that we can learn how the Holy Spirit works in us. But mm-hmm. we also have to trust that when we're entering into this time and praying and asking God to be present with us, that he actually is. And so what the Holy Spirit may rise to the surface may seem random at first, but it's not. Like one time I remember meditating and I was thinking about the movie, 1980s movie, The Swamp Thing. And I was like, are you kidding me? What is this? You know, like, and it just flew in my head from nowhere. But God was using The Swamp Thing as an illustration in my life that 
um, because I had practiced and learned his voice so well and I know scripture well and all of that kind of stuff that he was using that to speak to me. And so it could be random, it could not. And so I feel like leaving everything into God's care like that is just saying, okay, God, if this is from you, then you'll bring it back to me. If it's not from you, then it will go go. away. Yeah, then let it go. I do think that, I mean, you just briefly mentioned something that's really key as well, is you know God's word well. Yeah. So going back to, and this goes back to a previous episode of Facebook Live, so if you didn't catch it, you can go watch it on our feed, or you can also use uh, the podcast app on Apple Podcasts, and you can search Lunch Hour with Renault, and we post these as podcasts as well. But uh, we talked about in the Art of Living series the language of God, mm-hmm. and that, that the Word of God is the language of God. Right. That is how God speaks. Now, that doesn't mean He only speaks with Scripture. He's, right. not, he's not boxed in uh, but, you know, that, that God's only able to talk in, like, King James uh, you English, know, English yeah. that's, like, actual verses of the Bible. But it gives us the framework for the types of things God might say. So, right. for an example, if you're having a silence and solitude retreat and, and, you know, you think, I should divorce my spouse. Probably that's from not God. from God. Yes. That's from your own yeah. Yeah. sinful so I think heart. To right? Obi's so, question is, like, we always, whenever we think God is speaking to us, we always want to test that with scripture mm-hmm. and with community mm-hmm. um scripture mm. and, and christ following community not so we have just want to tell you whatever but. so we have the word of god and we have the community of god right. that help us decipher the voice of right. the spirit of god left to lives. our own we can come up with all kinds of crazy theology and whatever else. Mm-hmm. yeah um but but it's it's in the context of community and where we're able to say Hey, I think that might be a little bit off. I'm, let's let's check that against scripture mm-hmm. together. You know. So, would it be wise if you're sitting in silence and solitude and you feel like you hear God's voice? You know, write that down. That's where that. Yeah. And then later on, go check it against God's word. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. What is what does the Bible say about this thing that I thought? Yes. And then continue to gain clarity by taking that to someone who you trust spiritually, someone mm-hmm. who is a solid right. follower of Jesus, and say. Hey, this is I what I thought I heard God, God say, but this I want to line up with his character, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. So I think, I think it's think important that good. in that yeah. space to be journaling. Um, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. A, a lot of times when I'm in, you know, intense, intentional silence and solitude, um, I don't really like paper, but I'll use paper in this space because it kind of gets me away from as many screens as possible. Right. Um, and I'll, I'll just like be journaling through that space. And as things do come to mind, as I'm, you know, trying to sit in silence, just, you know, writing down that idea or writing down um, the thought that comes to mind or the thing that I think God might be speaking to me. Um, it's, I think it's really cool, like with uh, certain authors. There's a guy that we love uh, named Andrew Murray. He, he died a super long time ago. His, his books are amazing. He's South African, too. He is South African. <laughs> we love our South Africans. But he, um, if you read his stuff, a lot of times, like, as he's writing, he'll just sort of, like, switch gears into prayer. Like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, he's writing to you, the, the reader, and then all of a sudden he's... He's talking to God in his book, and I think that a lot of times, like that, can be the way that our journaling can go. Like we're mm. we're writing down the things that God is bringing to our mind, but then mm. we're turning and 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 writing out prayers to God as we're as we're sitting in silence. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of what that space looks like. Mm-hmm. And so to um, to the question about is prayer and and silence or solitude the same? It's it's integral. It's it's yeah. back and forth. It's they're, they're not necessarily the same thing, but they are right. interconnected. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, I like what um, Mike Cosper um, is a, a writer that does a lot of cool stuff right now. Um, he, uh, he says, in solitude, we seek God, but the first thing we encounter is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Which so is I, the scary part. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's, it's okay to like need and want to deal with that in mm-hmm. that silence and solitude. Yeah. In well, fact, I think that's where God shows us. That's, yeah, well, that's, that's where God what, reveals our... He's he's trying to raise that stuff up because again we're always yeah. trying to push it, push down, it down and he's he's trying so a lot of people think that sometimes we need to you know escape from our emotions and to you know get rid of them but actually emotions show us what's they're, really they're going revelatory. on inside they're t- revealing what mm-hmm. what we need to deal with with God and so maybe there's a deep sadness that comes up with you every time you're sitting alone and maybe God actually wants to work with you there be with you there you know hold yeah. you there maybe that's um, revealing you wounds there. that are yes. still there and so that's yeah. part of the work that's being done in silence and mm-hmm. so sometimes if we are doing too many things even journaling in that space although journaling can be helpful sure. if especially if you're practicing it first 
then we we are still um, doing something that feels productive, and so we're we're pushing away from you know attending to some of that well, those things. And that's I think why like like for me like I I like to be busy. It's nature of my personality, but like silence and solitude that includes running, silence and solitude that includes kayaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it kind of for some reason for me like when my hands are busy yeah. doing something that I can. It actually allows me to focus in on God in a different way, mm-hmm. whereas like sometimes just sitting can be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, we need to get you a fidget spinner and let you go. <laughs> I know, right? Into the yeah. desert, you know. But it's that like just finding the things that work for your personality and yeah. you know, all of that. I've taken up embroidery recently, and that does mm-hmm. the same kind of thing. Yeah, it sets your hands busy, but your mind is free. Like it's it's not mindless activity, but it's something that you can kind of. Yeah, busier. So that's that's good. That's good. So Renaud chimes in and mm-hmm. he says, uh, I totally agree with Phil. So this <laughs> is great. Thanks, Renaud. Uh, uh, he says, for Brooke and I, and this is a, a little bit about the the annual or the, the kind of the rhythms of mm-hmm. retreat. And he says, uh, for Brooke and I, when we try to get away for a couple of days, it is a logistical nightmare. Mm-hmm. I can believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's expensive. I can believe that. Uh, and many times we think to ourselves, this is impossible. Why are we doing this? Um, he said, I would say that those have been the most important times in our ongoing journey of intimacy with God and with each other. I would say that neglecting that just, uh, neglecting that just because it's incredibly hard is neglecting things that will have far more negative impact in the long run than the difficulty in the moment, um, expense or the struggle of making the getaway happen. Mm -hmm. So just, yeah. And I think like it doesn't have to be expensive. (laughs) Yeah. Right. $28 $28 a night at, at state park campgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know what With I mean? With a tent. With, yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, you can definitely do, you know, silence, uh, you know, one-star style or five-star yeah. style. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, you can do it to fit your budget, I guess. But, um, yeah. but yeah, you know, I just think when when um, whenever we are thinking about adding something new into our lives, mm-hmm. there is a cost that sure. comes with yeah. that, both financial but also it's a time cost. It's mm-hmm. an effort cost. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a, a friend here who is, um, you know, one of our staff members at Mosaic who is incredibly great at what she does. And one of the points that she makes is it's so difficult to get away mm-hmm. because of the amount of work that has to yeah. be put into yeah. preparing to get away. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when you get back, there's now there's a pile of things to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think just, that the, the little 48 to 72 hour getaway um, undoes some of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you're not trying to get away for ten days. Like you yeah. can, you can hit pause yeah. on your life for forty eight hours, right. and and know that there isn't anything super urgent in those forty eight right. hours that's going to come up. Mm-hmm. Totally. And and just you know turn the airplane mode on for those forty eight hours and say, that's it. You know, mm-hmm. um, let the key people know like I won't be answering my phone, mm-hmm. and then jump out. Well, I think too, Joel, you had said you know when we think about adding something, but maybe we also need to think about subtracting something. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> preach! <laughs> and so, um, you know, perhaps like I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm tel- still technically on Facebook, but I, I'm never attending to it at all. I never yeah. write a post. I never do anything. It's just a way that people can get I in contact with me, basically. Posts. Yeah, you, and you so, may notice that you cannot find Joel Kaufman on Facebook <laughs> yes, either, yeah. or because Instagram. Right. It's noise, and that noise follows yeah. you into silence and solitude. And mm-hmm. so if there is a way for you to get rid of some of the noise in your life, wow. that is a really great thing that to That noise help you. follows you into silence and solitude. That's yeah. really profound. Like, um, and I th- Is there a way, and I, I want to kind of get back to a couple mm-hmm. of, uh, but just real quick, the noise that follows you into silence and sol- solitude, is there a way to quell that noise? Well, like I said, subtracting things does help, but yeah. also it is part of just practicing. And mm. so um, you're going to fail the first bunch of times at yeah. being really truly silent with God. Yeah. And, and that's really, and that's, and that's like okay. I said, it's okay. Yeah. It's part of the practice. But if you give up because all you're getting is distractions, then you're never going to come to a place where you feel like, oh my gosh, I actually did hear God. So you just got to just keep You got to press through. <laughs> One of the yeah. ways to quell that, that noise, though, is to have like, release like the same things that you do every time Mm -hmm. so like amy has a chair that she sits in in our bedroom when she's grabbing some silence and solitude at home and so like sitting in that chair with the window here and the like 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 you kind of create the environment there's a little bit of like a like a pavlovian things like a muscle memory yeah like we're like okay when i sit here 
Um, you know, when I when I you know drive down this road, when I go to this park and sit on this bench, like it and protect those things as as primarily for for those for items. For that reason, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you know, um, people used to talk about their like their prayer closet, you know, right? Um, where it was like a space that that it was only set aside for that. And so I think, like, an, our brains are very funny that way. Like, if we have those patterns, we, we slip into it much faster mm -hmm. yeah. in a really good way. Yeah. We've done a lot so. of studies on neural pathways, and, mm -hmm. you know, that that works. Like, yeah. you, you, you set yourself up for a routine. Mm -hmm. our, we are, humans are creatures of habit, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and that fits in a lot quicker. Which and is sometimes, great. too, entering in and with a worship song just to set the tone yeah. of what you're doing helps you just kind of, you know, center down and quiet your heart a little bit. But you may not keep that worship going, that yes, worship song going the exactly. whole time, but you may start off yes, your time yes. to just you, consecrate yeah. and, 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 and then you enter into silence. Or for that matter, classical music. Or yes, something which sure. doesn't have, you know, a voice going. Or I use white noise, too. Sometimes my kids are, you know, clanging around in the kitchen and I'm trying to have my, my quiet time with the Lord. And, and so I'll, I'll put white noise on so I can just kind of help drown out yep. some of those things. So Yeah, I came home yesterday and the door to the bedroom was closed and, and my 10-year-old was like, Dad, uh, Mom's meditating. <laughs> We're not allowed to go in there right now. <laughs> and I, I had to okay. specifically say to him, because yeah. I know the kids were all going to come in and say goodnight and linger and all right. that kind of stuff. And I, I had to say, Mommy needs you know some quiet now, so I'm done. I'm going to close the door. And, what, and what okay. a healthy thing. Like, <clears throat> I think that's so healthy. I think our society pressures parents to be all things to their children at all times. And I think it's a really healthy thing to say, I can't be that to you at all times. Mm -hmm. You need to learn that I need time to be with God. Mm -hmm. And that models yeah. for them mm -hmm. that they need time. To and it makes us more effective for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's Phil really likes good. to remind them. He's like, we're leaving you right now, you know, to it's go on a, <laughs> but it's for your own good. <laughs> you should be glad. We're protecting our marriage, <laughs> you know, we're protecting our relationship with yeah. Jesus, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's really good. So what are some like, red flags in your life that you're like you know just exactly what you said this is good for you if we do this you know <laughs> what are some red flags for you or some even orange caution flags like what are the the cues uh we're you know we're in in an infant baby phase right now mm -hmm. my wife and i have this new baby at home and she gives off cues that She's tell us <laughs> it's time to eat, it's time to sleep, it's time to, you know, uh, burp her, mm -hmm. it's time to, um, you know, uh, just put her down for a nap, whatever it may be. So, you know, they, there's always those cues. What are those cues mm -hmm. that I just need to get away, I need to be alone, I need, I need to seek God, I need to be silent? Mm -hmm. uh, what, what, what does that look like, typically? Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, usually it's um, if I'm uh, I have less patience, whether it's with mm -hmm. Amy and the kids or whether it's with you know people I work with, whatever it might be. I just have less patience. I'm uh, if I start to feel jaded towards you know people's mm -hmm. emotions, hmm. um, I usually know that that's a time when I need to get away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I'm just tired, but not like in a I need a good nap. Tired, but like a I'm not sure a nap will take care of this tiredness. Oh yeah, kind mm -hmm. of feeling. Oh, yeah. um, those are those are all the cues for me. Yeah, hmm. I feel like noise gets noisier to me when I haven't had enough quiet, mm. and so like everything that my kids do just irritates me. Just where I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes. And then I also wake up too with an anxious feeling about my day, even if my day is not filled with busy. You know, it's not like I'm looking forward to like all of these things filling my day, but I'll still wake up anxious. It's just that I haven't connected with God, and so I haven't had that time to to really rest in Him. And so, hmm. that's those are some of my cues. Yeah, yeah. and I think just like learning to, I, I think everyone is going to be unique. In Absolutely, that, right? yeah. And so, just learning based on your personality, um, and and I think you can't really know that until you know what silence and solitude does in your life. Mm -hmm to know what's missing when you haven't done that. And so it's just probably something that you learn over time, right? Yeah. So we've got actually quite a few people that are jumping into this conversation, so I want to kind of uh, jump in. So um, Leslie, again, says, uh, I can get a handle on an hour or two in silence and prayer, but would you describe 
maybe what an entire day spent that way mm -hmm. might look like. Mm -hmm. So Phil, you talked a little bit about adding other activities in, whether it be kayaking or running or whatever, but mm -hmm. maybe Amy, what, mm -hmm. what, does a, what does a solitude retreat look like for Amy Taylor? Um, sometimes I'll, uh, well, journaling is, will, would be a piece of a whole day, um, spending time doing other spiritual disciplines like Lectio Divina, um, which is a meditative way to read scripture. It's different than trying to gain knowledge and you know understanding. It's more about presenting yourself to God and letting him speak through scripture. Yeah, we really recently <clears throat> did one of those with the, uh, our staff team, and, yeah. and uh, that was really great. But, but I think what you're, what you're unpacking now is important. You don't have to just isolate to one spiritual discipline. No, So no. it's not only we're going to do solitude and silence, we're not going to do anything else <laughs> yes. during this retreat yes. or whatever. Okay. Yeah, so there's all kinds of incorporating things. But also, too, like I think getting out in nature is really important to, to see and hear God's creation and to, to really quiet yourself in the middle of that. And, yeah, Psalm 19. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, also... Um, uh, I, I'm involved in artistic pursuits and stuff, so I'll bring stuff to, so that I can draw when I'm out in nature or whatever the Lord is speaking to me. Maybe I'll meditate by drawing, you know, something that he's speaking to me about, you know, like maybe um, like Psalm 1, you know, that tree planted by the still yeah. waters, you know, so that becomes then a yeah. form of meditating on that scripture, you know, those kinds of things. And there's lots Because there's, there's imagery that goes along with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. There, there's a, about a million different things that you could do to spend a whole day with God. It's just a matter of, you know, maybe having a resource that helps you pull that forwards so that you're like, oh, I didn't know I, I could do that to spend time with God. And so that's, um, so some of the books that we have here where I think we're going to talk about yeah. at the end will be helpful. Cool. And I think, um, you know, this is, this will sound strange, but sometimes like a part of that day is literally just staring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and letting you know? your mind defrag. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're just like, I'm just, I'm staring at a wall or I'm staring at the ocean, mm -hmm. you know? And that so. is awesome. God creates. Maybe I'll take it up. I'll take you up on that. So, um, well, very cool. So, let's see here. Um, Renault also says, uh, he says, we often think in our society. It's driving him crazy. To not <laughs> I think I love that's it. so funny. This is good. Hey, lunch hour with Renault. <laughs> He's speaking still. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, uh, we often think in our society that protecting our kids means giving them everything they want and being for their being there for them 24-7. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, protecting our kids, showing them the breaking away for soul care or for marriage care is something they need to be doing when they grow up and mm -hmm. become adults. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just really affirming what you guys are saying. Yeah, but, great. Um, but I love that. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, getting away for the purpose of spending time with God mm -hmm. is going to look different oh, yeah. for every person mm -hmm. and every personality. Um, you know, and, and I think that, you know, that solitude peace opens the door mm -hmm. to not just silence, yeah. but also to prayer, also to things like Lectio Divina, mm -hmm. to things that, that, you know, when, when we can kind of shut the world out a little bit, you know, remove people's access to our lives yep. and say, mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, devote, it's, it's a consecrated time mm -hmm. where, um, you know, maybe I'll give myself an activity that will help me or maybe I'll do, but, but this time is not for anything other than mm -hmm. spending time with God. And it's, yeah. it's challenging. It's challenging to me. This is not a, a, an area of my life that I'm strong in. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would, I'm being very challenged to implement this for sure. That's so true. let's get to question six, Joel. Yeah, to... yeah. So um, you talking about resources? No, no. No. Uh, Just kind of what the the, the things that oh, have yeah. come as a result of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I think so... it's important to like. So this has been a, a a pretty major rhythm in my life for probably twelve or thirteen years. Um, I first felt a real strong need to get into this when. I was planting a church. Amy and I were planting a church with a couple other people in upstate New York, and it's that's a special form of craziness when you're yeah. involved right. in that. And so it, it became a real critical need then, but I've kept it for all these years. And so I've got, you know, we've got some track record of kind of looking back over what God has done in those spaces, mm. you know. So mm -hmm. um, why don't you? Yeah, I like I said, I feel like I've learned the, to hear the voice of God. Like I've heard, I, I, you know, I hear him speaking to me in those silent places. I feel like, too, like um, 
especially during my dark night of the soul, I really realized that how important silence is to God and waiting on him is important to him. Mm-hmm. And I recently, um, I guess in the last couple of year, years, heard a really amazing quote that's oftentimes we need to slow down to catch up with God because we've left him behind. Hold on, that's really good. Say that again. <laughs> we need to slow down to catch up with God because we left it behind. I used to run ahead of God all the time and tell him, this is what I don't like, this is what I don't like, fix this me in me, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he's way back here saying, you've, you've left me behind because I'm, I'm still trying to work on you back here and you've gone ahead. So hmm. it's, it's really helped me to slow down and recognize that, that waiting on him is really important that he moves a lot slower than we would like him to because we live in this fast-paced world of getting things done and accomplishing things. And that really accomplishing things, though good, I'm not going to say that's not good, but it's not his best desire for us. His best desire for us is intimacy with him. And so learning that, you know, that rhythm. And I know that in these times of quiet, that's when he's done the most transformation work in me yeah. where I've submitted to him and surrendered to him in, in that quiet space. Then he's able to, I'm, I'm with him then I'm not, I've not run ahead of him. We're, we're together in that communion space and that's when he does the most work in me. So it's been, it's been absolutely transformative. It's changed everything. Did, did, it, did it start that way? Was there a, a like, did you immediately just kind of fall into like, hey, I'm practicing this and this is reaping rewards? Or did it take a long time? Was it a short time? Like, what yeah. was that like for you? Well, I would say for me that God gave me a definite blessing up front. And so the first time that I decided to give God more time and more space in my life and really learn how to meditate and be quiet with him, um, he gave an, an immense blessing to me in that space. Hmm. Um, and I would probably say it was the most... A wonderful and beautiful time in my life and um, and he created that space and I think he gave me that blessing up front so that I would keep pressing in and so um, sometimes that's what he does with a spiritual discipline he gives you that blessing right away and that's his way of saying like I'm welp- welcoming you into this more and more it may not always stay that easy and it hasn't yeah. but sometimes that's what that blessing looks like at the beginning hmm. How about you, Phil? So I think um, for me, the the spaces away, um, especially the like longer than a half a day or longer than a day, have been times where I've really discovered more clarity on what God is calling me into, um, more clarity on my own just kind of personal faith journey. Um, worship feels different when I'm in that that kind of silence and solitude space. Um, it's allowed me to like work things out in my head that allow me to kind of come back into the life that God has called called us into and step into that well. Um, I find a lot of times in, again, especially in the, the little bit longer times away, that God will often give me a phrase that um, becomes like a guiding phrase for a season or a whole year. Um, so like, uh, for example, um, uh, one time in a silent retreat, uh, God really gave me the phrase, more of you and less of me, which is like sort of kind of from John 3. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, uh, one time he gave me a verse from, <clears throat> excuse me, from Hosea uh, 10, 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. And, and out of that verse, um, uh, God really kind of guided the next year. That was from um, Hosea. Hosea, what did I say? You no, said Isaiah. Isaiah. It's from Hosea. Hosea. I meant to oh, say I Hosea. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I said Hosea. Yeah. Um, another time he just gave me the phrase, my strength. Like, no, like it's, God is doing this in his strength. And that was, mm-hmm. became almost like a, a mantra that, that God brought back to my mind throughout that season. I feel like, too, like I have, have had moments of actually feeling the tangible love of God in that space where yeah. he's, he's holding you. You can feel his presence. He's with you. And even if that's all that happens, that's worth the time. 100%. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah, I think, you know, where the rubber meets the road on this one for a lot of people is that we live in a culture that is completely, you know, kind of where we started, Mm -hmm. uh, that is completely bent against this. And 
and the idea of silence and solitude is really tantalizing for people, but the practicality of how to get into that and, yeah. and do that. Um, I know you guys brought some resources along. Mm-hmm. Um, would you share just a little bit of yeah. some, some of the things that have helped you kind of in your journey? We've got a few minutes left. Okay. Um, I just started reading An Invitation to Silence and Solitude by Ruth Haley Barton. Um, she's a magical, magical writer. She's I love all her. rage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Richard Foster has a chapter in Celebration of Discipline on Solitude and Silence. Um, so does Donald Whitney in his book on spiritual yes, disciplines. Yes, and Dallas Willard also, but I find him very obtuse and hard to read. So yeah. <laughs> I'll tell him he said that. Yes, he's dead, so <laughs> no worries. Um, spiritual Disciplines Handbook, this has been a huge resource for me. I use this constantly. It's um, you know short snippets, but really deep wonderful questions to ask yourself many different ways to practice all the different disciplines and so if you wanted to spend you know that whole day with god or go on a retreat this is a really great resource to have yeah Yeah, absolutely and then there's this little book um it's what is it 60 pages maybe it's so 85 pages this is called the way of the heart by henry Nouwen or nuin i never know yeah uh anyway it's a really really good book i uh pulled a few quotes out of that this for today and one that I had just in that, in that area of talking through what has come through Silence and Solitude. Um, he says, a word with power is a word that comes out of silence. Mm. And so sometimes those phrases that, that God gives us, they can only emerge from silence uh, because you've had time to kind of, kind of marinate on it. But this, is, this book is just, it, you have a hard time not underlining everything. Yeah. And then a recent book that um, sometimes it's helpful to read books that are from other generations and sometimes it's helpful to read books that are from our own generation because there's a acknowledging of the culture that we live in. Yeah. Uh, and so um, there's a current writer, Mike Cosper, I think I quoted him earlier. He has this book, Recapturing the Wonder, um, Transcendent Faith in a Disenchanted World. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the subtitle alone is, is, is uh, awesome, Transcendent Faith in a Disenchanted World. So that's Recapturing the Wonder. Um, this book is super, super helpful. Um, and at just kind of taking a look at the spiritual disciplines, but he has a whole section in here on, on uh, pulling away, withdrawing with God, he calls it, um, as a, a pathway of engaging with God. So, mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, and all of those, I assume, you can find on Amazon. Do we yes. have any of those in our bookstore? That we, you know? I think we no. keep Celebration of Discipline yeah. Around by okay. Foster. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool, but yeah, uh, a lot of, a lot of um, Foster stuff very, very good, but I think some of these other resources will unpack it in a way that's very accessible yes, as well. Yes. So um, that's great. Well, guys, thank you so much for spending time um, unpacking um, the spiritual disciplines of silence and solitude. Um, super, super key. I think, you know, solitude especially is a key to many of the other disciplines. Yes. Um, and, and silence being a major um, opportunity to, um, to share that. Um, you know, I think... Um, Phil, you had a quote that was super yeah. profound. I'd love to kind of leave us with that. But before we do, I just want to kind of look forward to uh, what's going to be happening Great. in the next couple of weeks. And then I'd love for you to share that quote and we'll be done for the day. Um, so uh, we're going to continue our uh, series on the disciplines of the faith and spiritual disciplines. Um, next week is Easter week. And because of Easter week, we've got a ton going on. Uh, because uh, Good Friday and Easter um, is going to be phenomenal here at Mosaic. So I'm super excited about that. But because of that, we will not be doing um, the lunch hour with Renault uh, on Wednesday. We're going to be working on stage stuff. And so we want to make sure that that space is available. The following week, uh, we'll be jumping back in. Renault will be back with us. Uh, and it'll be a great uh, conversation as we continue uh, talking about spiritual disciplines. So, uh, Phil, yeah. you want to leave us with that quote, and we'll be done for the day. Yeah, and so I think just, you know, before I get into the quote here, um, remember that, like, this is a muscle that has to be mm-hmm. worked and improved. Um, when I first started running a number of years ago, I was told that you can't add more than, like, 1% uh, improved, you know, running ability or whatever you want to call it in, in a week. Like, you just your body cannot improve by more than 1% a week. And I think with any of these spiritual disciplines, and, and especially silence and solitude, like you're not going to become an expert on this the first time you do it. Um, it's going to take a while to build it into a rhythm. 
you're going to mess it up. Give yourself grace on that. Mm -hmm. Take baby steps in it mm -hmm. and recognize that it's, it's just a journey that's worth pursuing over time. So I, I'm going to just read a quote from the chapter on, on silence and solitude from Mike Cosper's book. He says, um, solitude isn't an end in itself. It's rather like one half of a breath. It's the inhale. And life in community, life among our family, neighbors, coworkers, and friends is the exhale. It's meant to prepare us for all of life by rooting us firmly in the hiddenness that is ours in Christ, the covering of God's mercy. The world is a hostile place. We retreat into solitude, not out of fear, but out of sober preparation for life in a fallen and disenchanted world. We retreat and find what we're so tempted to look for everywhere else. Mm. Wow. It's really good. It's a great place to end. We won't see you next week, but we will see you two weeks from today. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks all. Thanks.